before we start, this episode is brought to you by Solid Directions Carpentry. Whether it's a door hanging, a deck building, a full renovation, they do it all in a timely and an efficient manner. Working to a budget within your guidelines, they complement the look of your home in a matter of weeks. Then check out the team at Solid Erections Carpentry, who are based in Brisbane. Hey guys, and welcome back to Walkers Only Podcast. My guest for today is none other than John Keir, current Welsh Rugby League International Coach and Witness Vikings Coach. What can I say? John has had a tremendous Rugby League coaching career. I've had the honour of being coached by John, and what can I say? An absolute legend. I had the honour to pick his brain today on this podcast. Hopefully you can learn a lot if you ever aspire to be a coach or just the principles that it takes to be a coach. Before we start, let's roll the intro. Don't just talk it, walk it, walk it zone. Don't just talk it, walk it. Don't just talk it, walk it, walk it zone. Don't just talk it, walk it, walk it zone. Mr. Kia, how are you doing? I'm great, thanks, Ollie. How are you? I'm good, mate. Thank you so much for um, letting me come to witness today and do this podcast. I, I remember asking you in camp, but uh, it was a pretty busy time in camp. It was very busy, and it's it's even busier now, to tell the truth. <laughs> so, uh, but it's all good fun, and yeah. uh, while if you're enjoying anything, you should continue doing it. Mm, that's, I like that. I like that a lot, John. It's, um, I was telling one of the boys the other day, I was like, um, whenever I come across you, I have some, like, it's like seeing a school teacher. I have, get nervous. <laughs> it's like seeing my headmaster, gosh. <laughs> but it's, uh, like I said, thank you so much. Um, one thing I want to let you know as well, um, I've come across a lot of British Lions players in rugby union recently, Josh Navidi, Lee yeah. Byrne, and a lot of their traits they were talking about with Warren Gatlin. When they were talking about him, I'm like, ah, John Keir does this. Right. Like a lot of things, you know, motivation, belief, instilling yeah. that in us and I just wanted obviously in, in Wales in Rugby Union World he's like the, the Messiah you know yes, what I mean yes. and uh, I thought I'll let you know this and just know that um, you're doing an amazing job and if you're thank in the you. same path as Warren Gatland then yeah. no thank you thank. You. I mean you know one of the biggest influences on my coaching career was uh, Phil Larder uh, I don't know if you know of Phil but no. Phil was uh, he coached here at Widnes uh, he coached at Keithley uh, he, he, he set the coaching scheme up at the RFL, and uh, and then he went to England mm. as the well. He coached England in the nineteen ninety five World Cup final mm. when uh, Australia just beat them, uh, and then he, he went to England as defence coach, and they won the two thousand and three World Cup in Australia. And uh, so he had a great career wow. in rugby union afterwards, and he was a, a massive influence on on my outlook and, and thought process with regard to uh, rugby league. Yeah, wow. Well, it was a couple of things that uh, Lee Byrne told me, and I thought. John hasn't said these exact words, but you know, you definitely coming against Cook Islands, Tonga, and PNG in the World Cup. Like I don't think you made us believe that you know, regardless of the full time or if they're on one million pound dollars a year, you made us believe that we were just not just as good as them, if not better. You know, and one of the things Lee Byrne told me, uh, Warren Gatlin said was, um, so he would go to the Lions tour and he'd get all the guys suited and fitted and then come back to Welsh camp for the Six Nations. He goes, boys, I don't know what you were eating because your quad muscles, measurements compared to the Irish and the English and the Scottish are right. far bigger. Yeah. You know, neck the size of your neck compared to theirs is unbelievable. Yeah. And obviously just throwing a few dragons in the story, but all of the players believed in it. So that when they went on the paddock then, those little one percenters, they started to go, yeah, no, we are better than them. We are, you know, we are fitter than them. We are stronger than them. It's it's little signposts, isn't it, that mm. you can just build belief with. And 
I think that's what you've got to do. But you, you can't tell vast untruths, no. you know, that just unravel in front of you. But what you've got to do is give them little signposts that make them believe. And, uh, you know, when when we were fortunate enough to play against Tonga and, you know, there's David Fafita in the opposition mm. and he's on more money than all our squad put <laughs> together. So, you yeah, know, yeah. that's that was the, the task in front of us. But we handled the task so well simply because I think we bought into a, an effort-based mm. Culture, yeah. not, not just for the, the game day. I think throughout it was an effort-based culture. And while if you're working hard, uh, mm. if we all, if you all know the role, your roles, which you did really mm. well, uh, you've got a chance. And, and I still believe that our turning point of our World Cup campaign was three minutes before half-time of Tonga. Because I, I absolutely, if we'd have gone in winning 6-4 at half-time, yeah. I could tell how, how your boys were on the field that your chests were out, mm. your shoulders were back, your heads were up. And then those two tries, it was like, yeah, you know, it was like a pin in a balloon. Mm. And, and I felt the dressing room was slightly deflated. Whereas if we'd have come in, if we hadn't yeah, had yeah. those last, if it'd be a 37 minute half, we'd yeah. have come in absolutely bouncing ready for the second half. And I, and I think that took a lot out of us to tell the truth, Ollie, looking back. Yeah, definitely. I know. I, I totally agree. I think, yeah, it's a lot of psychology involved in rugby. And like, you know, it's a try like that before halftime. A lot of people talk yeah. about it. Um, but yeah, it was what an experience. And obviously you've been in, in the game as a player and as a coach for a long time, John. But, you know, you still get people wanting to play for you. And that's one thing I said to Walks today. I said, I don't know what it is. Well, I do. I know what it is with John, but every time I play, I'll put, you know, you want to put your body on the line all the time. You know, you'll put yourself in front of the biggest players. And you'll yeah. do it for John, but... And you, over the years, I've realised, I've learned, you know, having that respect for your coach. Yes, yes. People will, will take pay cuts to stay at clubs for coaches. Yes, very much so. But I, I think respect is an easy thing to get, Oliver, because, uh, and, it, and I put this down to my mum and dad, and uh, God rest their souls, and uh, they both, it was always treat others as you want it to be treated mm. yourself. And you know full well that you, if if you if you if you follow that mantra, you're going to be respectful of people, and and you're going to take them into account as well. Because you know people going about coaching, it's all about are we going to four man, three man, mm. and all the technical. Well, that's part of it. You've got to have a, a knowledge of coaching mm. and and the game itself. But I still think the biggest art of coaching, and I think coaching's an art backed by mm. science. It's not the other way around. And yeah. I know. There'll be arguments about oh we've run so many k in, in yeah, this yeah. training session, but it's it's an art that's backed by science, and I, I just think that you've got to get it, you've got to have an instinct about what works for that individual and what w- works for this group of people, and so long as you apply it then and treat them as you'd you'd want to be treated yourself, I think you've got half a chance. Definitely, definitely, and you just said a bit on that then, John. Do you think sometimes some clubs can overcomplicate rugby league? Yes, yeah. Very much so. You know, it's uh, as you rightly say, I've been in it a long, a long time, and and I've seen the game evolve, yeah. and I've seen coaching evolve, and I've seen fashion trends come and go as well. Uh, but ultimately, and it, it was when I was in Australia when uh, I was working for the RFL on their coaching scheme, and we're fortunate enough to go to Australia, and I, I attended at Narrabeen, and it was a coaching course, mm-hmm. and I can't remember which coach it was that said it, but. He said, the simplest game plan is run hard, hit hard and work hard. Mm. And in all honesty, it's not as simple as that, but it ain't far off that. Oh, yeah. You know, that that's a philosophy that you, you, you can't do any rugby league mm. 
structures or or coaching or, or detailed coaching if you haven't got them. And I think there's non-negotiables about hard work and yeah, effort yeah. as well. And if you've got them, you've got again, you've got a great chance. Definitely. Well, we were talking about just earlier in the car getting you um, England against Samoa. You commentated the game, and, and I thought personally, I thought they didn't earn the right to go wide yet. They just were yes. playing straight off the bat. I think. Wellsby kicked two early kicks in the first two yeah. sets. And I thought maybe sometimes, like you talk about it, you do need to earn the right. But if you're already playing your cards really early, you're, you know, for yes. Samoa, then they yeah. rub their hands to that, I thought. I, I think, I mean, I, I think the worst thing that happened for England mm. was beating Samoa 60 points to six in the opening game. And uh, I, I think that psychologically got into the psyche of, yeah. of the English players and the English camp. And uh, obviously, it had an adverse effect because uh, Samoa were far, far better than six. I, I, I still yeah. think England should have won the the semi final mm. because I think as a team they had a better team. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I just think they were slightly off it between the ears, and I think Samoa were slightly off it between the ears for the first game. Yeah, yeah. But my word, in that semi final, they were on it. They were on point, right. and their execution was brilliant, and their efforts were brilliant. And they fully deserve the win. But, you know, I, I'm certain that England, the lads who have been in the camp and the coaching mm. staff, they look back and see that as a major opportunity missed. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Let's go back, John, to, John, to your, your playing days. You're, you're a Castle yeah, Tigers. Yes, yes. And you won a couple of trophies there, you're saying? Well, we played a Premiership final, a Yorkshire Cup final and a couple of Challenge Cup semi-finals. So, yeah, we, we did okay. And, and I played with some really good players, uh, mm. Uh, I mean, one of them sadly just passed away in the in the past week. It's at, at sixty two year of age, Kevin Beardmore, and so young. Yeah, so young, and and he, he was a world class player. Was Kevin? Kevin played for Canberra. Oh wow! When Canberra first uh, f- first were, were first formed, he played so well in the British game. He went on a, a British Lions tour as well oh. as him and Brian Noble, the two hookers. And uh, Canberra took him on from there, and he was an outstanding player. And I always believe we had four world-class players when I played and it helped the the rest yeah. of us, you know, the selling players, shall we say, amongst them. And, you know, though Malcolm really, I think everybody's heard about yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Australian fans will love him. Massive. Yeah, there's, there was Kevin Bademore had a, a period over there, Great Britain player. Kevin Ward, mm. who I'm sure that the Manly fans will have heard of him. He won a, a, a grand final in Australia as well as a Challenge Cup final in England. Uh, and we'd got John Joyner, who again was, and, and all those four were absolute quality players. Mm. And when you had quality players like that who, who bought into what the, the group wanted, it was just great playing. And the other nice thing about that team, it, it was a special team because it was just a team. If, if you put Weldon Road there and you, you a radius nine miles around it, all the players came from within that nine miles, wow. except I think there were three Australian players. Mm or were imported in year on year. People like Bob Linder came over. Okay, yeah, yeah. Who was an outstanding, you know, Queensland representative. And so they, they just brought them in after, they'd be called marquees now, but they were just brought in for that season. But the rest of them were all cast lads. That's we just, awesome. We just loved playing with each yeah. other. That was the top and bottom of it. And, and it worked. That's awesome. It's so, and then essentially you're playing with your mates as well. Yes, yes. Yeah. Do you keep in touch with some of these guys today? Yeah, well, we go to when we can, we go to the past and present players do, but unfortunately it tends to be when it's the international ah, window. Yeah. Uh, and, and obviously we're meeting up, you know, for the odd funeral again, yeah. which is, is very, very sad. 
but it, it does allow you to to go over the the old time and, and remember people with great respect. And, and we'll be doing that in the next couple of weeks with with Kevin's funeral. That's nice, mate. I like that. Well, um, did you always think you'd become a coach when, before it happened? Yeah, I did because uh, I, I've always loved uh, education and. Uh, I was a teacher before I became a coach and I went away to, to college and, and I just liked the idea that you could have an impact upon people's lives in a positive manner. Mm. And you can do that as in education. And I enjoy teaching. In fact, my daughter's a, a, a deputy head teacher, so oh, she's followed in that in that ranks. And, and I just like the fact that you could build bonds with kids then mm. and you could improve them and help them and they became better people. And I think that's that's coaching as well. What you're trying to do is, is make yeah. them better people as well as better players. And uh, it's the same philosophy that's gone throughout. That's amazing. Well, and I love that thought that you said it's about making them better people as well, not just better players. Because yes. I think I think the best play coaches, you know, care about you as a person yes. first and then the player second. Yes. Yeah. And that's one thing, you know, I've picked up from yourself and a lot of other coaches. Well, if you look at, I mean, if you look at Wayne Bennett, who's... Mm. Uh, got a bit of a prickly reputation with the media, but every player who plays for Wayne Bennett, they love him. Yeah. You know, they absolutely love him and that's because he cares for them and he looks after them and he helps them. Yeah. And and it's it's a simple philosophy, isn't it? And if you do that, if you show that you care for them, do you know what? They'll show that you care for you as well. 100%. Well, he coached England as well. He did. How do you think that went down? I thought uh, it got a bit of a rough deal from the uh, authorities, and I know that was on the back of the Great Britain uh, going down under with Great Britain. But it, it, I thought he did a good job with, with England. Well, he does a good job with every coach, doesn't he? I mean, yeah, yeah. That, that's 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 just said. That's just taken as read. And I thought he'd done a good job with England. I thought it was pretty harshly dealt with, but uh, it won't be the first coach to be harshly dealt mm. with, and he, and he certainly won't be the last one either. <laughs> It's a it's a it's a turmoil. Like to be fair, John, for you, I'm not just saying it in a in a just saying it now in front of you. But to be in a coaching industry for so long, it's it's a rough road sometimes. And, yes. and you've seen the highs and and you've yeah. seen the lows. And I think every coach has seen those. And yeah, it it must like everyone talks about the players. They go, oh, you know, the players are, you know, they they're stressed out, they're worried. I'm like. A coach must be stressed out too, you know. You, yeah, if you have three or four back-to-back losses, yeah, so. up to a point. Mm. But you, you shouldn't come into the industry if you if you can't cope with that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, again, we'll go back to Wayne Bennett, and he he did a great co- uh, quote, and it, it's one that, that still makes me swat, smile. And you know, if you start listening to the fans, you're on the way to becoming one. That's and uh, <laughs> I think that's bang on. You've got to believe in your own ability, yes, your own philosophies. Uh, and your own beliefs mm. so that you can keep imparting them. And even when, you know, you've got to treat winning and losing in a similar manner, looking yeah. at ways where you can improve it. In fact, it's often a lot easier to improve when you've lost yeah, definitely. Than, than it is when you've won. And and I, I just think it's, you have to see it as opportunities, but I, I don't think really you can worry about what other people are mm. thinking and what the fans are saying and so on. You know, you've got to be respectful to them and, uh, and attempt to produce a team, oh, they could see proud to represent the shirt. Yes, uh, but also you've got to believe in what you're doing. And if it's odd with with what one or two uh, fans think, well, so be it. So be it. Twelve week programming is up and running. If you're looking for some change, the twelve week walkers only program is designed to support you in your process of creating sustainable change. We will help you find meaning create a better routine, and work on establishing healthy boundaries while setting realistic goals. 
It includes group sessions, 12-week customized planner, community networking, meet like-minded people, grow personally and professionally, and learn to live with purpose. If that's something you want, then hit us up and let's get you on board. With the coaching, your first club, who was that again, the first club you were coached? The first was Bramley. Bramley, okay. Yeah, I was, I was at Castleford as uh, I became conditioner there because I was a PE teacher, I've said, and yes. it was part-time then. But the first one I had a, an actual coaching job with was with Bramley. And I, I was with Barry Johnson. I was from that Castleford team as well. And we went there together and we had some great, great experiences. Yes. And, uh, you know, it, it's... We, in fact, I, I was on the phone to Barry uh, yesterday. We were chatting and uh, we, we, we spoke about Bramley and remember some great times there. We, I mean, we they were down there in the in the second division. It was and there was only two divisions then in the British right. game, and they were in the second division. And, and we took them on a we won seven out of eight games, oh, wow. and uh, they hadn't done that in years. And uh, we were called in front of the board and uh, we thought we were going to get a handshake, a pat on the back and perhaps a, a wage rise. And they said, we don't know if we're going to afford to pay the lads <laughs> if they win another because we're not used to winning this many games. So, so Stop winning. Yeah, we, we came out thinking, well, we thought we were going to go there and get a pat on the back. Oh, and we, well. we came out just looking mystified. But uh, I think that was a practicality yeah. of running a small club, club on a tight budget. Yeah, well, no, I bet... <laughs> That's mad, that is. Yes, it? <laughs> that's what we thought. <laughs> well, let's just delve into then, obviously, become, when you become a head coach then in the Super League, did you, we talk, I was talking about this earlier with Gil, when he said when he started to go into the Super League as a player, he had a, some form of like imposter syndrome a bit, like you kind of pinch yourself, am I actually you? Do I belong here? I think some of us get a stage, I've definitely had it in parts of my playing career and outside of that, did you ever experience that at all? Uh, no, I, I think... Because I'd served an apprenticeship, mm-hmm. uh, first of all, on the Castleford background staff, then uh, at Bramley. Then I worked at the RFL on, mm-hmm. on the coaching courses, setting up academies, and, and I'd been a teacher. So I, I felt as if I'd earned, I'd, uh, I'd, yeah. I'd really had a good apprenticeship. And it, it gave me, so I knew who I was, I yeah. knew what I wanted to achieve and what I believed in. So I didn't really get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. When I I saw it more rather than questioning myself, yeah. I saw it more as, as an opportunity to put all this, uh, all the things that I'd learned into practice. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, on, on the back of myself. So rather than me helping implement other people's ideas and directives, it, it became mine, and, and I'd, I'd wanted that. So mm. I, I, I know I, I just felt confident that I could do a good job. And, uh, you know, I believe that, you know, as, as you rightly pointed out before, Ollie, I think longevity is a, a great performance indicator for, mm-hmm. a, for a coach. As Craig Bellamy would probably agree, and yeah. Melbourne, as Wayne Bennett would agree, as Tim Sheens would yeah. agree. And, and as there's players like Tony Smith over in the, in the British game, I think they'd agree as well. Because if you keep being employed, yeah. uh, you must be doing something right. That's right. That's yeah. definitely right. Well, that, how, how do you, how do I say this then? Obviously, you're doing something right, but let's talk about how, your highest point as a coach. What was your proudest moment? Oh, that's, uh, there's been, I've been very fortunate to have many, uh, uh, but I think the one where I felt, uh, yeah, the, I'm pretty good at this was when Sheffield bet Wigan in, wow. in 98. Uh, and we looked, we started out in the Challenge Cup. Uh, 40 to 1 we were when when in the first round before the first yeah. round we were 40 to 1 on the on the bookies odds and then even when we got to the final playing against Wigan who'd won 
God knows how many uh, Challenge Cups prior to that. Yeah. Uh, and we were 14 to 1 in that game. So, and Wigan, you just couldn't yeah. bet on Wigan. It wasn't worth betting on Wigan. So, th- that gave a, I think that gives uh, some indication of, of what a great achievement mm-hmm. it was by the players. And, and Ray French, who was commentating on the game, and I think it's one of the best lines that I've ever heard. He set off and he said, it's uh, David versus Goliath and David's got his arms tied behind his back. <laughs> and I, I think that was a, a great description yeah. of, uh, we just weren't expected to win. But it was also the first time really that I felt th- these lads believe, and it doesn't matter what anybody, as you've mm-hmm. spoken about with the Wales thing, these lads believe and it doesn't matter what anybody else yeah. thinks, they're going to go out there and at the very worst, they'll give it a gate crack. And yeah. if, should things go our way a little, they'll win it. And do you know, uh, Ollie, it was 30, I think it was 33 minutes before we made an error. Wow. So we played perfect rugby. And I think it, it startled Wigan. Yeah. And Wigan went in at half-time 11-2, but you still sense they thought, oh, they can't keep this up, they can't keep this up. Well, well, they could. And uh, it, it was just an absolute magical day. And you speak about the bonds you get with your players mm. and your other coaches. And, and we still meet up, uh, the, the Sheffield lads, and we still meet up. We, we tell the same story. Yeah, yeah, we become yeah. boring, you know. But uh, Nostalgia. It is, it is. But, and, but every time you shake their hands, you look them in the eye and, and you know you've shared something so, so special. And uh, it, it's just, that's one of the things about sport, I think, the memories that you create and the people that you create them with. Definitely, definitely. You've done, like I said, you've done some amazing jobs, John. You still continue to do that. But another one I want to let you know about is when you played against Leeds at Millennium Stadium. Yeah, yeah. I was actually playing the curtain raiser before that. All right. We played the Power Gen Cup for Brintig, my school. Me, Ben and Reese Evans were right. all on the same team and we played against Cass High. Yes. And um, we beat them that game. Right. And then we, we you guys played after yeah. them and you beat... We beat Leeds. Beat tw- Leeds. 25-24, yeah. And that was no mug Leeds team either. Oh, it was a great... I mean, they'd only lost, I think they'd only lost four games all season uh, that year had Leeds. And the other one as well, Hull, Hull hadn't beaten them in the previous 10 meetings. Ah. They'd drawn one and, and lost nine. Because that was, re- reporters used to remind me of that. And all I used to say, well, we're one game near to beating them then. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and obviously the, the game that we did beat that was the one that probably mattered the most in, in recent times. And again, that was a magical day. Uh, but it was different to the to the Sheffield, Sheffield win, which was totally underdog. Massively. Uh, with Hull, we'd got some absolute quality players in that whole side. You know, Richard Swain at hooker, mm. Stephen Kearney in, in yes. the back row, with Paul Cook as, as a half-back, Gareth Rayner was on the wing. So we, we'd got a half-decent team there. So uh, it wasn't the big shock, but we were still underdogs that yeah, day yeah. because of Leeds standing in, in the Super League and, and, and how Tony Smith mm-hmm. had developed them. But it, again, that was a, a great, great win. It was, and, and I look, did you have, is it Blacklock? Um, uh, Nathan Blacklock. Nathan Blacklock, yeah. He was yeah. a great player as well. It was, it was, well, there's an interesting story behind him for that game because uh, Sean Briscoe, uh, he, on the way down, we, we travelled down on the Thursday and he, he got appendicitis. He was on the bus and we just thought it was travel sickness. And the doctor said, no, he, he needs to go to hospital here. So we sent him and he, he had appendicitis. Oh, no. So he had to have his appendix re- removed. So we'd got one team run uh, in which we put Nathan Blacklock to fullback and Motu Tony came in on the wing. Tony, that's what I mean. So, you know, we had to do a, a, a late rejig and 
you know, we tried to play some mind games and named Motto at fullback and, and Nathan on the wing, but it, it was sensational as Nathan Blacklock. I mean, it was, he mm. just could read a game and he could just score a try mm. and uh, he had a great game that day. He's an Indigenous Aboriginal player. Is he Aboriginal? He is, yes. Yeah, yeah. He is. So yes. I'll tell you a little story. So when I went to Australia in 19, I went to this team called Ipswich Jets. And when I got there, right, so whenever I used to look at rugby players, I'd see these muscly fellas look fit athletic. And there was about eight Indigenous Aboriginals in the team. Skinny legs, little guts on them, little bellies. And I thought, like, nah, these can't be players. And then I seen them have the ball in their hand. It was as if they were born yes, with the ball yes, in their hands. Yes. You know, you look at Latrell Mitchell now, yeah. Josh Adokar. Yeah. Um, Bevan French. Bevan French. Well, Bevan's Nathan's nephew. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And, and as you're out, I mean, Latrell Mitchell, Latrell. he must be one of the most gifted, skillful players yeah. that's ever been. He just does things with the ball that you, you don't think are, are sort of possible. Oh. And and is is great to watch. And I'm going to enjoy watching him on, <laughs> on Saturday at the yeah. World Cup final. Definitely. And no, but they are. They've just they they got something about them. And I remember training with them and they would just do some freakish things. I thought, oh, hang on, it's not all about muscles and all this now. It's actually I think sometimes we go away from that is getting the ball in our hands. Yes. You know, when we when I was young, we'd go down the street with the rugby ball in yes. our hands. Yes. You know, I think Generations have changed now, maybe yes. more gym dominant or they're in the house gaming or whatnot, yeah. but um, they're, they're just freak of natures with the ball. And we're saying that there's some incredible athletes in the UK as well who have got, oh, there is, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, I mean, your, your older listeners will, will realize Roger Millward mm. was one of the great British players, and I was born a few doors down the road from him because he was born down Weldon yeah. Road opposite the, the, the cast ground. And he used to play tick and pass, and he was only a small guy, smaller than you are, so he was small, <laughs> but he was absolutely lightning. Yeah. And he could just, what he could do with the ball, he just grew up playing with a tennis ball or a rugby ball and playing five on five mm-hmm. with his mates, and, and it was sensational. And I think people do miss that yes. now, playing small-sided games in, in a natural environment. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it's down to having screens like that yeah, or yeah. screens on the phones, which yeah. occupies them other, otherwise. But the the skill level is still very very high in, in in the current game. It really isn't. But you've got high skills and you've got great athletes yeah. uh, who, who are sort of implemented those skills. Yeah, definitely. We, another thing we talked about in camp. I remember I, I was always intrigued. I wanted to go and when I speak to you, John. I want to pick your brain. I don't want to talk about like rugby as such. My me. I'm more about you. So I remember going to you, like, we talked about Jason Dimitriou. Yes. And you said one of your proudest people you kind of brought up, you said you helped him at Wakefield. Yes. He was a captain at Wakefield yeah, with you. Yeah. And then he came. Did he ever help as a coaching staff or did he go straight to Keith Lee? He, he didn't need to help because he, he was like a coach on the field. Wow. It, it was fantastic. He really was. And, uh, you know, when I first got the, the job there, I, I felt Wakefield had been underachieving a little and we had six games to save yeah. relegation, basically. And, we set the goal of winning four out of the last six games. And uh, I met with Jason uh, before, after I'd just taken the job, but I met him one-on-one for a coffee. And I just found his views on, on the team and how we could make the team better were, were absolutely fascinating. And the, uh, the best thing I can say about Jason Demetrio is his competitive uh, spirit that he had. And I could play him wing, centre or 13. 
and he absolutely gave everything. And there was one instance when we were playing Bradford, when Bradford were in their pomp and Super League champions, etc. And he got the ball in his own in goal area and he must have beaten about five or six players oh, wow. in his own in goal just to get in the field of play just to save his mates having to defend that yeah. set. And that was the type of guy that he was. But you could just see he was, des- he was a leader. He did lead with, with his words, but his greatest leadership qualities were by deed. And, yeah, yeah. and you could see for well, it, it got something. There was something about him that made him a leader of men. And then he, he did that at a lower level at Keithley Keith, in the yeah. UK. Uh, where he was coaching, but he was cutting grass as well, you know. Yeah, wow. So he was to cut the grass and mark the lines <laughs> as well. So doing it all. That was a mutton nettles yeah. gig, yeah. And then obviously he went to Australia and he's just blossomed in the Q Cup and then he's got mm. as an assistant. And now, what a great job he did with oh. with the Souths, you know, last year. They played some great rugby, yeah. but they also they showed a hard edge as well, that competitive edge that JD's got. You've you got to remember as well, John, you're trying to fill the boots of Wayne Bennett as well. Yes. Like, yes. that's a job on its own. Yes. And it's like, before we start, this episode is brought to you by Solid Directions Carpentry. Whether it's a door hanging, a deck building, a full renovation, they do it all in a timely and an efficient manner. Work into a budget within your guidelines. They complement the look of your home in a matter of weeks. Then check out the team at Solid Directions Carpentry, who are based in Brisbane. You know, you're always going to have the naysayers out there going, you're never as good, you're never going to be as good as Wayne Bennett. But to be honest, I feel like he's doing a great job, especially this year. They lost Adam Reynolds. They lost a couple of big names. And he's still done a great job with them, you know. The rugby, the play is great, isn't it? You know, Mm. but they have got an hard edge to them as well. Massively. You know, and and I I, I just, I feel really proud when I see Souths playing that brand of rugby and I see them competing at that level. So I thought, well, you know, perhaps I helped JD in, in some way or other, but it, it was an outstanding individual and an outstanding talent. And as I say, his, his best uh, character trait was he was just a born leader. Mm. Yeah, I think that's just in some people's DNA. Yes, as well. it is. Yes, yes, yeah, very with, much so. With I mean, you, there was there was David Solomon in that side yeah, as well, well. You know, so Sol also was a leader. So. You could tell why I thought they were underachieving because they shouldn't have been in the relegation battle. Correct. They should have been comfortably mid-table and uh, they demonstrated that in by winning the four of the last six games. Yeah. Do you think you have some natural thing where it's instilled in you? You, you, you Obviously, you, you say, you know, your, your parents taught you from a young age, you know, treat others how you'd like to be treated. Yeah. And But to be honest, you've always had an... Un, not always. A lot of the teams you've had, you've had to fight always. It's never been, you know... Um, you know, every team, you know, PSG you talked about earlier, yeah, the situation, yeah. you've kind of been dropped in a lot of situations. Yeah, Survive, yeah. mate, all the best. Yeah. yeah, but that's the best way, yeah. you know, and I, I really do. I, I just enjoy challenges like yeah. that. And and I think some people are competitive yeah. and some people enjoy a bit of adversity. And, and that's why, as we spoke about before, you know, you've got to be respectful of the fans, etc. But you've got to have self belief. And I think if you if you're given such a challenge like that in yeah. such adversity, you've got to go in there with a plan, yeah, and and feel that you know what you, you you've got to do, and then obviously execute that plan as best as you possibly can. But the you know the, the thing about coaching is your plan relies on twenty yeah, or other yeah. blokes, you yeah, know, yeah. G- going out there and, and and fulfilling it, and and thankfully the vast majority of players have, have done that in, uh, in in my sort of uh, experience. How, how was it for you? For, um, so, so essentially, 
it's always a tough one dropping players and stuff like that. Was that ever a struggle for you or was it for the greater good sort of thing? I think it's for the greater good. I, I mean, again, you talk about philosophies, but I, I, my philosophy is the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Mm. And you, you can have a team of great individuals, which I think perhaps in the British game, Warrington, mm. you can point to them, but they've never quite seemed to be a, as a team. No. And and I, I think sometimes when, when you're doing that, you, you do it for team reasons. Mm. Now, whether it's team discipline off-field or whether it's for team cohesion on-field, but there's always a reason. And I think so long as you, you demonstrate to the players, A, that you've thought about it deeply, and mm. B, that there are reasons, and C, how do you get back in, yeah. I think that gives them something to, to hang on to. They'll never agree with you, no. but you've just got to accept that. But unfortunately, there's always got to be a hierarchy as well. Of course. And you, if, if your job's as head coach, you've got to do what you feel is best for that group at that time. Massively. Let's talk about some of your tougher times. What have been your hardest challenges in a, in your coaching career? Uh, I, I just think, that, in all honesty, the tough times are sometimes the good times. Mm. You know, the the Wakefield time. And w- when I left Wakefield and I was thinking I was just going to be part-time and, and go more and more towards the, the punditry side. And I went to Batley, but then I got embroiled in, in the Batley story, yeah, yeah. Uh, which which was unbelievable because it was just fun to be there. Yeah, and yeah. there were just great people to be in and amongst. And it really reignited me, my love of coaching and my love of the game and you know, you just go on other journeys from there. So I, I just think you get put into situations, but you've just got to feel that mm. you've got, you know, a way out of them. Yeah, and yeah. So long as you do that, then you start working at that way out. And and there's a purpose to what you're doing every day. I mean, again, we're saying Wales, we do nothing without purpose. Mm. Now, I think that's to be applied in, in any form of job whatsoever. Correct. There's got to be a purpose in everything that you're doing. That's massive. I think, and well, that's why I kind of, I think I've had so much admiration for you, John, is because you found uh, you've tried you found purpose for thirty something years in coaching. Yeah, you know, like and the keep the fire burning yeah, is yeah. is an exceptional thing. It is, but I, I like it. I know you do. I like I can <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you around Welsh yeah, camp. Yeah. You 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 walk around like a spring chicken. Yeah, you know, and I, I just I just I like being in and amongst yeah. a group. Yeah. And you know, and to be a leader of a group as well, it's it's a, like a bonus ball. Yeah. So, and and whilst ever I'm doing that, I'll, I'll continue coaching. Because people say, "Well, shouldn't you be sat at home with your cigar and a brandy and your feet up?" No, no, I shouldn't. I could do both. <laughs> yeah, we'll do both. We'll, we'll coach and then do that. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's it's just I, I just love doing it. And yeah. while ever I love doing it, I'm I'm gonna. While ever anybody wants to employ me, I'll yeah. continue to do it. Well, it's exciting times at the moment for you with witnesses. Yes. First full season there. You yes. came in late last yeah, year. Yeah. Um you've done all your recruitment obviously and uh you've got training tonight, I think, I believe. Yes, we have. We have, yes. We it's as uh, this is the it's the third week of pre season. Third week. Yeah, so uh they're, they're just getting into it now and, and enjoying it, shall I say. <laughs> but uh, no, but again, we've explained what we're trying to, to do with this pre-season. I think the players have bought into that. And once we get the World Cup players back, yeah. uh, we'll have a full complement back. And, and there's a good feel about the place. Yeah. And it's a big club. We, yes. we know it's a big club, but no club has got a, a divine right to be anywhere Every club's got to earn that. And that's been one of the messages I've been getting over to the players. We've got to earn the right to be towards the top end of this division and fighting for the playoffs and in the playoffs. And then if that happens, you never know what's around the corner. No, that's definitely true. And there's something 
obviously being an exceptional coach, I, I look at like the Man United back in the day when they had, you know, Roy Keane, they had a load of leaders yes. in the team. Yes. Do you think sometimes as well, you need a couple of leaders in the team? Like you talk about Dimitri and yes. um, Solomona, yeah. where they actually pass the message on to the players. Yes. Cause a, a player, a coach can't do it all. No, no. And, and, and sometimes Ollie, players have got to amend or adapt mm. what the message from the coach, you know, and, and they have to do it on the hoof. And the real skilled quality players can do that, and yeah. and yeah, in every group, there's got to, it's got to be driven by ultimately by the players, and there's got to be some leaders within that playing group, and uh, and you see them emerging in pre seasons, or you see them emerging in certain when it's a bit tough out on the field of yeah. play, and somebody will stand up. And, as I mentioned about Jason Dimitri, with that carry from mm. from his own in goal, somebody will do something like that, and you think, wow. This boy leads, yeah, yeah, and and you know, and it, it's it stands out, and then you know full well you gravitate towards them, and you chat to them and build relationship with them with regard to that. So, yeah, there's coaches can set the directors down, coaches can lead, mm. but ultimately there's got to be some lead, leaders when they step over that whitewash as well. Yeah, do do you, do you find as well with you, John? Your mind's always ticking. Like, yeah, I, yes. I was listening to a podcast the other day with Eddie Jones, England coach. Yeah. And he says, you know, he has to have, he exercises in the morning. And while he's sitting there, his brain's just ticking over, you know, um, um, players, yeah. you know, strategies, skills. Yeah. And yeah. even just outside of rugby as well, he always finds, you know, he's trying to learn something from someone else. Yeah. Is, is that similar it to It is, yourself? yeah. You do, you do, you'll pick certain things off TV programs. Mm. And, and I will say, my dog's, they always know the teams before anybody else do. So uh, I think sharing my thoughts with your dogs is good. And the good thing is I can't answer back. But yeah. uh, no, you, you you go on dog walks and, yeah. and you mull things over. And, and it, it does give you a sense of clarity. And, mm. and you know, you mull problems over as well and, and, and try to find solutions for them. And that's where I think you've, that, that again is one of the things about being a positive person. You've got to feel that you're part of the solution, not part of the problem. Mm. And and again, on, on my dog walks, when I'm out there and there's nobody about you in, in the middle of nowhere, you really can have a good think yeah. and you can clear your mind and again, come up with a strategy to go forward. Do you, do you think, I love that philosophy because I've seen, and I love your dogs, you've got a King Charles Spaniel. I you? have, yeah. I've got a King Charles Spaniel. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love him to death. He's oh, amazing. The I, men's, character's men's, unbelievable, isn't it? Unbelievable. Yeah. And they're so loyal. Yes, he won't leave are. my side now, no, though. He's no. around me everywhere. Yeah. Can't go to the toilet alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you have got a, you have got a, a friend for life Massively. and a loyal friend for life there. You really yeah. have, yes. One thing I want to ask you with coaching as well, is there a time where you go, I need to know when it's time to... My, my journey's that ended with this club and you know it's only so far you can take certain clubs or you go no I can still constantly keep churning it over yeah no I, th- I think there is a time yeah I, I think everybody and anybody uh, have got a, you've got a, a a date where you feel well I could do with a refresh you know it's it's like the old computer you turn it on and off don't you if it's, yeah, yeah. If it's not quite working as well and I think you've got to do that as a, but to, in order to do that Ollie you've got to be brutally honest with yourself mm. Yeah, you know, and 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 that sometimes is a little bit tough. You know, yeah. you can think I've I've got the, I've got the way out, and mm. perhaps in your heart of hearts you think, well, I haven't, and perhaps now's the time. And uh, so I I do think there is a shelf life, mm. uh, and you've got to be fully aware of that. Yeah. And and I think, I mean, I, I've got a really good family, and I and and they give me good advice. Yeah, believe yeah. you me. So That's great. 
yeah, they're, they're very honest with me. So, uh, so that that's obviously one way you can then reflect on on their comments and yeah. their opinions, and you can either agree or disagree with them. Mm. But they certainly make you think. That's great. One thing you taught me, John, is, um, and I always take it everywhere. Me and I actually tell my clients now is kiss. Keep yes. it simple, stupid. Yes, yes. I remember you said it years ago to me, and you actually brought into camp again this yeah. time. Yes. And every time I found when I was younger, I'd try and overcomplicate yeah, things. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes it is really going back to the simple things, the it fundamentals. Is. And yes. like you talked about when you went to Australia, um, to Narrabeen, when he said, yes. you know, was it run hard? Run hard, hit hard, work hard. Work hard, yeah, you know. Yeah. And you can add a few things onto that, but it yeah. really is that. And um, It is. It is. I mean, and it's, it's a great philosophy to have. Hmm. It really is because... Uh, I, I do think, I think whenever a young, I, I love seeing young coaches emerge, but they often emerge and the field have got to reinvent the game. Mm. Well, you can't reinvent the game. No. You know, it's been played for too long. It's an invasion game. And the principles of any invasion game, if it's netball, if it's association football, mm. if it's rugby, if it's rugby league, whatever, it's a hockey, yeah. it's field position and it's possession. And it's and when you do lose possession, it's turn it over on your turn, and it's defending well. And they're basic principles. Yes. And all, all your coaches should be around those principles. Now, how you do that, it, people will differ within that. Mm. But I, I really do think I think sometimes you need to strip things back, make it simple, and make it understand. Simplicity and clarity allows good execution. I love that. I, I think that comes back as well from your teaching background. I think yeah, you, yes. you plan stuff out exceptionally well, yes. you program yeah. it and you de- uh, deliver it really well. Yes. yes. And I think that's the key. Yeah. A lot of rugby players aren't the sharpest on the head. So if you can keep it simple. No, but the, a lot of rugby players got a great rugby IQ. Yes. Role. Rugby IQ. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's nice to buy into that, but sometimes the, some players try to overcomplicate mm. it. And, and well, you, you all have heard me say it many times, Ollie, that, it's four points whether you pick the ball up and dot it down yeah, yeah. from from a metre away or whether you do 23 passes and cover 90 yards and it looks the most poetic thing that you've ever seen, but it's still four points. Correct. And ultimately, it's about winning the game. And, and I think simplicity helps to, it, to to give you the process in order to, to achieve that. Yeah, definitely. Another another great thing I, I thought about, you know, how, you've been with Wales now nine years, eight, nine years? 2014, yeah. 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 After the 2013 World Cup, yeah, Yestin, he he, he finished after that. So I I took over from Yestin, yeah. And you've been like, I said to one of the news writers the other other week when I was in camp, they go, oh, you know, about being Welsh, this, that, and the other. I go, to be honest, John's actually taught me more, a lot more about my Welsh culture. (laughs) And we had some great guys like Andy, it was unbelievable. Yes, he was. He was. um, yeah, I don't want to give anyway, anyway, um, anything away from the camp and tell anyone. But the last game against PNG, I've never been so proud to yes, be Welsh. Yes, um, the build up to it and and just the, the videos that we did. Um, yeah. And I said, I think if you cut John Keir, I think a bit of Welsh would come out of him now. Yeah, well, but again, you know, Andy and myself had when the players had, had their evening meal and and dispersed, we'd had possibly a team meeting. I'd just go sit with Andy and, and there's times we'd have a, a pint apiece and we'd just bounce ideas around because I knew Andy from being at Wakefield. He worked at ah. Wakefield when I was there and I knew he was, he was so proud about being Welsh and he went on about, you know, Gareth Bale getting him to the World Cup for the first time, which yeah. is, you know, in Qatar, Qatar this time yeah. for since 1950s. And he went on it and, and I just said, well, and it, it just came across as, what does it mean to you about being Welsh? And it, it, from that came those team meetings. Wow. 
And, and you know, so as you rightly say, Eddie Jones, says, and you don't switch off. And we were sat there having a pint in, in uh, the Marriott in, in Preston and it just started like that and it snowballed. And it, it kept coming to me then with different ideas. And, and you know, so he, he really earned his stripes in that camp and it, I felt he grew and matured as a person yeah. and he certainly earned his place on the on the Welsh management in, in that Definitely. time. And it, it, was, it was great to work with and I thoroughly enjoyed working with him and listening to his ideas and amending those ideas so we could apply it to uh, to, to the team. Yeah, it was, it was honestly one of the yeah. best experiences I've yes. been in, you know. Yes. Like even down to talking about us being underdogs a lot, the yes. Welsh culture, where yes. it comes from. And yeah. Yeah. even back then, I was just like, wow, this is amazing, you yeah. know. And, yeah. and I'm grateful as well that I was actually nervous to ask you if I could do that, my talk. And I asked Andy and Andy Passer and you, and you yes. were happy for me to do it. Yes. And that meant a lot as well. Doing yeah, that. well... Uh, as again, players, you know, it's great for players to come in with ideas mm. and with what they feel will be something useful towards the group. And if that's the case, you, you've, you obviously don't let it isn't willy nilly. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you trust the individual concerned, and you, and you realise the individual concerns got a message. Yeah. And if you're happy with that, and you feel it, it will contribute in a positive way, now all those boxes were ticked. There's no reason not to do it. And and. and if anybody else had come, Ollie, with something, yeah. a similar idea or whatever, I'd have been more than happy for them to implement yeah. it as well. Who do you think the biggest um, the biggest joker, the kid in the team was? <laughs> we all know that, <laughs> don't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Ant Walker and, you know, Ant's, just, you just can't shut him up, can you? <laughs> but uh, but the, the fact is he's a, a highly talented kid. He is. He really is. And I, I just wish I could have got all of, of Ant at an earlier age because his ability, he's got Super League ability, Massively. believe you me. And if he would have disciplined his, his life off-field as well, mm. I'm certain he could have been playing regular. So he, he could have ranked ranked up 100, 200 Super League appearances Definitely. if that had been the case. And uh, I, I just wish I could have got involved with him earlier yeah. in order to ha- perhaps have that bit of influence. But again, his backstory is great, isn't it? You know, where he was forced to retire because of, of that the, the head injury problems. And then after four years, the doctor, you know, I, again, did a great job. Mm. He kept in touch with Ant throughout, and and they just said, "Well, let's let's retest it and, and redo it." And and they found that he could play again. So the backstory to him's great, but it, it was a joker in the camp. But yeah. he's also a highly talented kid. Yes, he is. And uh, you know, if it, it's it, again, it is perhaps is 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 missed his opportunity. I don't know. It could well reinvent his opportunity. I'm hoping so. I hope he does. Because he's here. <laughs> he's a witness. You know, and if if he if he reinvents himself to that uh, yeah. that standard, obviously I'll benefit and the club will benefit, benefit yeah. and the team will be better for it. Definitely. Well, I I think of the props age where they've hit their yes. prime now is getting older. Yeah. I think 32. Yeah. You know, they're really coming to their home now. Um even, you know, I'm trying to think of some props now we're in the 30s. There's a lot in the Super League, isn't there? Yeah, like... there are. Well, we, we spoke <clears throat> in the car, didn't we, on the way around, mm. Ollie, and uh, we were speaking about your brother. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I think now, because there's so much sports science and you know how to look after yourself much better than you did 20, mm. 30 years ago, that you can play longer. Massively. But you've got to make sure that you, you do, you don't just 
take the heart and pretend to do it. You actually yeah, do. Good. You rest and you recover it properly and you prehab properly, so that will extend it. And, yeah. and as you rightly say, I think the middle unit players probably can That's stick okay. another year or two onto that. And Jamie Peacock's a great example exactly, of that. Yeah. You know, Jamie's philosophy was, I train on Christmas Day. Why do I train on Christmas Day? Because I know all my all mm-hmm. competitors won't be. Yeah, so yeah. I'm one up on them. That's and, it. and that was his attitude to life and, and to the game in general. And that's probably the reason he, he was still strutting his stuff at 37 years of age in a grand final. That is true, yeah. It's it's a mindset thing. And yeah. I think, it, like you said, it's it's what you do off the field as well. As, like yes, you talk about all the recoveries. very much so. Um, and, and, and getting your life outside of rugby right. I yes. think that's the key as well in yes. certain aspects. And and I, I like I, I hope to God I've been speaking a lot with Ant at the moment and we talk about these the walkers the walkers only program and yeah. and um Ant's on it and yeah. and you can see the fire still burning. Yeah, there. yes, yes. And you wouldn't have signed him otherwise. No, 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 no. I I'm, I'm excited for Ant. I, I'm excited as well. And and I think he can really it's different to any other middle unit player mm. we've got here. And it, it will complement it. It really yeah, will. Yeah. So I, I'm excited to get him back. You know, when he get back to pre-season training, because yeah, yeah. he's been given a little extra time off because of the World Cup, yeah. I'm pretty certain he'll, he'll come back and I'm pretty certain he'll raise an eyebrow or two. How many, how many World Cup guys have you got coming back? Uh, there's three. Will Evans, Fozzie. Uh, uh, Foz and Ant, yes. Ant, yeah, okay. all so the Welsh boys. Yes, all Welsh boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, mate, look, John, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on this podcast. Um, one thing I like to ask all my guests before we wrap it wrap up is, what are you grateful for? I'm I'm grateful for my family, uh, my opportunity to be in the position that I'm in, and to have met some outstanding individuals and created some great memories. I love that, John. Well, mate, I'm grateful for uh, I'm grateful for you, mate. You give me Thank that you. new lease of life life again uh, with with rugby league. I thought it was done. And um, here we are. Too young. You're too young to retire all. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But I am grateful for you, man. And you definitely got the fire burning thank again. You. So thank you so much. Thank you. Don't just talk it, walk it. Walk is only. Don't just talk it, walk it. Don't just talk it, walk it. Walk is only. Don't just talk it, walk it. Walk is only.